Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hi, this is Joel. Welcome back to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Before we get into this week's episode, a quick apology to our listeners. Due to some technical difficulties and a very unstable connection between the state of Michigan and the state of Hawaii, the quality of this week's podcast is not as good as we would have liked it to have been. The story, however, is still amazing, and so we are delighted to have you join us in this part two and the continuation of our story with James and Jolene. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder. I'm Joel Grote. And once again, we have guests. So Lynn, I'm going to let you catch us up to speed because we're just partway through James and Jolene's story here. Yes, this is part two with James and Jolene Phelps from Hawaii. Um, because of COVID, they're stuck in Hawaii. How sad is that? Yeah, we're really feeling for them. The grief is great here. So. Welcome back. When we talked the first time, the thing that stuck in my head, James, was when you were describing how as you were Mormon longer and trying to hold callings and um, trying to kind of live this Mormon life, and, and yet you were beginning to feel what you described as passive yeah, um, yeah. or kind of not fully engaged, right? Yeah. Maybe outwardly engaged, but not inwardly engaged. Um, I think a lot of people get to that place and then it becomes somewhat discouraging because you have no idea there's something better. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I had no idea. Right. And so when everything falls, it, it can, there's a place where there's no hope, I think. Right. So, so tell me about that for you guys. Yeah. For, for me, I, <laughs> I'm just one that doesn't like to be standing still in, in my life. And mm-hmm. I thought that's very much was I was standing still. And mm-hmm. I remember, um, you know, getting into self-improvement books, you know, and reading, you know, some of this more new age type stuff, you know, yeah. just, and it was speaking to me because it was like, that's, that's what I want to be. I want to be a better person. I want to be more loving to my wife. I want to be a better father. I want to overcome this, this, these sins that I deal with in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and although it encouraged me, it, there was no power behind it either. It, it wasn't yeah. giving me any power of transformation. So I just kept finding myself in the same place in my life. These, you know, things that I deal with, you know, that uh, in relationships that I struggle with, it's not getting better. And so I just felt no power um, from, from God in my life. And, and I, I, I lived, you know, with uh, just a lot of guilt. I'm just one of those perfectionist type mindsets. Mm-hmm. And okay. that, that scripture in 2 Nephi 25, 23, I think it is, you know, that we are mm-hmm. saved by grace after yeah. all you can do. To me, yeah. that wasn't just a, a thing in, in, in the back of my mind. I, I lived my life with that verse first and foremost in my mind. This was something I, I knew I had to do everything I could. I had to strive. I had to work hard. Mm-hmm. Um, qualify for God's grace. And I never knew when that was going to be enough because because I knew when I sinned, nobody was forcing me to do it. Like I, I didn't have to do that. That wasn't really my best. You know, how am I ever going to get there? How am I ever going to get to the celestial kingdom? And so I lived my life in, in 
in fear of that, just not when am I ever going to be good enough for, for this God. Yeah. And yet what you're describing in Mormonism is pretty much the same thing you were describing in New Age, right? Yes. That it's all about you to somehow do something that makes things better. That's right. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. true. Yeah, it's about performing and it's about performing to the best of your ability. And from what you're saying, it sounds like you knew if you were honest, you weren't ever doing all you could do. So if grace depended on that, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was no hope, right? <laughs> now, are you sharing any of this internal struggle with Jolene? I mean, you're talking about some of the issues within Mormonism that are raising some questions. The last time you mentioned things like the first vision, the multiple versions, just some of the anachronistic things that point to the Book of Mormon looking like, you know, a piece of modern fiction, not ancient scripture, the Book of Abraham. You were raising those things, but this internal angst, this internal struggle of, man, I'm just not the system. I'm not living the system well yeah. enough. Are you sharing that with her as well? Yeah. I don't think I was really sharing. I'm not even sure I could she have just answered that. that. Yeah. I just thought yeah. going up, oh, no, I wasn't hearing about that. Yeah. I think it was it was seeping out of me, you know, in, in, in who I was and who I was not. But I don't think I even could understand it well enough to verbalize it too. Right? I just knew that this is all I knew, right? This is just, mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't know any, any different. And so even despite all these questions, I, I was not in a place where I was thinking about leaving the church because I didn't see a better option. And I, I supposedly knew this was the one and only true church and anything outside of that would be second rate. And so why would I consider that? I always told Julian, I said, you know, if, if we ever, ever leave this church, I'm never going to church again. That's just not going to happen, right? I, wow. I consider the option that there would be something else in the, in the religious world, you know, that would fill this hole that I was filling in my life. And Jolene, as you shared last time, you've already watched at least one or two of your siblings go that very route. Yeah. And for me, like just having like no God, it was just not possible. Like I just knew that there was a God. And, and so I just, I couldn't I just, it was so hard to deal with this. I think that's why I gravitated to this, to Denver Snuffer. Cause I'm like, oh, here's an answer. And, and what, what Denver Snuffer has done well. And I think that's why he has all these followers is he's doing something. The Mormon church as an organization was not, at least in my experience was not doing at the time that we left, um, was teaching how to have a relationship with Jesus. So he's encouraging people to spend time in prayer and really trying to, um, to connect with Jesus. Um, and, and so, and he, he wrote this book called the second comforter. And it, it, so most of his books revolve around Jesus, not around Joseph Smith. And, um, and he does bring in Joseph Smith as well, but it's more about Jesus. And so, so all of a sudden I'm feeling more alive and I'm like, Oh, geez, this is the answer. Read this stuff. And so I'll let him, him to tell you like what he felt as he started to read it. <laughs> Yeah, I I got maybe halfway through the second comforter book and, and to me I said this this is just crazy I didn't um, it wasn't speaking to me at all it, it wasn't addressing my foundational issues you know of Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon and all those things right he Denver Snuffers questions everything after Joseph Smith and says the the Orthodox Church today is is not mm -hmm. what Joseph Smith intended um, but but yeah. to me my issues went to the very foundation so it just wasn't speaking to me at all um, yeah. I thought it was a little bit crazy and I thought uh, this mm -hmm. this is also um, potentially going to wreck our life <laughs> wow okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because what was happening was she was now starting to go meet in these in these home church groups mm -hmm. <laughs> where they had a few people meeting together in home. They would take the sacrament there mm -hmm. um, with wine and bread. And, and so I knew where that was going to go. I knew once the leaders caught wind of that, we were looking at her being excommunicated or, or mm -hmm. leaving the church. And and then from there, then our eternal family is, is severed, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, 
And, and I'm guessing you didn't know at the time, I wouldn't have known that there were a couple hundred offshoot splinter groups from Mormonism where people yeah. would try to fix things, right? Where people realized it was wrong, but tried to work sometimes within the system and sometimes without of the system, keep parts yes. of it, maybe the Book of Mormon or mm -hmm. temples or whatever. And that many people had done this over the last hundred yeah. years. Yeah. And um, even Shield's book. Successful, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shield's book, Divergent Paths of the Restoration, like well over 200 splinter groups that he documents since the time of Joseph Smith. It's, it's, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. 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 I kind of think it's because I know for me, like, I just couldn't think that I was so naive and that I just, that all of it was not true. I just had to believe that part of me was a little bit smart. to be true. And so I think that's probably why it happens. You know, people just can't deal with like, oh my gosh, I believe this lie my whole life, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think when things <laughs> really escalated for us was we were, uh, yeah. I, I was uh, at, at the, on a camping trip with our boys and, and Jillian was was at home and with Rensley with Rensley and she said mm -hmm. she called and said you know I feel like I need to get baptized into, into this this group and they would they would do baptisms a lot every other week or so they'd, they'd go to the river and, and do baptisms yeah. and, and I, I knew where that was headed and so I'm like well can we just mm -hmm. just wait till I get home let's talk about it I'm, I'm not there I, you know um, and uh, she just felt so passionate about it she's like yeah. no I need to do it and, and so she got baptized that weekend while I was gone yeah. Oh, wow. Along with Rinsley, our yeah. Tonner. Yeah. 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 And, so, and so at that point, our family really became divided. We yeah. were on two different paths and the arguments escalated every, every, every day we were, we were mm -hmm. arguing. And, you know, when, when you already have a relationship that has its, its kinks in it or its, its chinks in the armor, you know, when, when, when something like this happens, then everything just bubbles up, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To us. And so it was about yeah. religion, but it was about deeper issues as well. Yeah. And, you know, in my mind, she had severed our eternal family. I'm like, I don't even know what to do with that, right? And so yeah. for, for a while, what, her, her doing that actually caused me to cling tighter to the Mormon church. Mm -hmm. That's what I knew. And that was where my safety zone was. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm like, okay, I'm going to go be the, the leader that I'm supposed to be now, right? <laughs> now I'm going <laughs> to step it up and be, be a, a stalwart Mormon. And, and so like, I go to church. Usually I got the boys with me. Um, and, you know, everybody's giving me pats on the back. They know Jolene's not coming anymore. And so I'm getting the approval of the church leadership. Sure. And good job to stick with it. She'll come around, that type of stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, I knew I was being so disingenuous to myself. Um, this was just a reaction. I knew that I still didn't believe it, but I was trying to force myself to believe it. Because all these other issues that you're dealing with historically are still unresolved. That's right. And probably the deeper you look at them, the worse they get, because that's kind of how it is. It kind of, you start to pull on the threads and it can unravel really quickly. Right. But it's a huge issue. If all of this is not true, then where do we go? What do we do with that? And how do we build a life that's moral and and a marriage that's solid, right? Right. So how did you come upon some of those answers and when? Yeah. I think this is when God really started putting people yeah. in our lives that, uh, mm -hmm. and this is where the transformation started. Um, I think probably the, um, what, for, for me at this point, we did this, you know, for, you know, several weeks, mm -hmm. a couple months, you know, going to church, me going to church, my church and she going to hers. Yeah. Um, I would actually, st I go to sacrament meeting the first hour with, with the boys and then I'd send them off to Sunday school and then I would ditch out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would, so I would, where would you go? I walked, boys down, like that. <laughs> I walked down the street to a park and I just started reading. Uh, okay. And uh, no explanation as to why, other, other than God, but for the first time, I just had this desire to read the Bible. And okay. I just oh. did that 
point to where mm -hmm. I knew I couldn't trust the Book of Mormon. And so I'm like, where do I go? I said, well, I, I've never doubted Jesus in all of this. Yeah. And, and I know there's somewhere where I can find his words, I think anyway, even though maybe it's, maybe it's corrupt, maybe it's not. I don't, I've heard it's corrupt, but I don't know. So anyway, I just start opening up, I open up the New Testament and start reading the Gospels. Oh, During Sundays wow. in Elders Corn, um, I'd be at the park reading, reading the Bible. And I remember my Elders Corn president catching wind at some point and he would, you know, make these convenient trips in between sacrament and Sunday school, going to his house and he'd stop by, see what I'm doing. I'm just reading the Bible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, but it started to, to some extent, it started speaking to me. Um, just the fact that I was reading it was amazing because I hadn't read the Bible or any scripture at all really for years, at least not of my own self choosing. And, and mm -hmm. so the things that were starting to pop out at me. Um, but uh, it was at the same time. So as, as I'm starting to read the Bible, God is also putting people into our lives yeah. that really started to change things. Yeah. So tell us about some of those people, because God, it's amazing how God uses. Um, it says it said that God speaks to us through his word and through his spirit and through his people. Yes. that's exactly. So what are the tell us about some of those people that God brought into your life? Yeah. And through our circumstances, the fourth one, Henry. Yes. Says, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it got, it was interesting. We went on a hike. So even though we're fighting all the time, we're still really fighting for our marriage at the same time. So we're trying to still try to do family hikes and spend time together and still go on our dates. Often there was a lot of fighting or silence, <laughs> but we went on this hike, um, um, while we're in the middle of this and we met this couple. Um, and it was funny cause they lived around the block from us, but we went 45 minutes away and we, we met them in a park and I'm just so drawn to the wife. Um, so they had four little girls. Her husband's from Nepal, and she starts to tell me that she grew up as a more um, as a missionary child um, in Europe. Her parents would drive a T bus um, in Austria, and then they would stop wherever God, you know, put it on their heart to stop, and they would serve coffee and tea and preach the gospel. And so I'm like, wow, that just like so spoke to me. And so I'm like, I really want to like know more. And so when when we and we had she had to change her baby in her in her van, so Rinsley and I kind of followed her out there because we were with another Mormon family on this hike. So Rinsley and I followed her to the van and we're like, you know, we have a lot of questions about the Mormon church. <laughs> so we're actually wow. Mormon. And so I'm like, I really like to talk to you some more. <laughs> so so um, she, uh, so we started to go on walks together and she was so great at never like, um, you know, speaking to us anti-Mormon staff. She didn't, mm -hmm. she didn't try to put the church down or put the little splinter group down. She would just listen and answer questions because I had lots of questions. And so, um, so we did that and she was such a patient friend that, I mean, well, James, um, will but at that point I started to share with her how James and I, like our relationship, our marriage was just really um on the brink of divorce it was really bad but I, I i mentioned to her one day on a walk hey we're about um you know we're about to just i don't know if we're gonna make it and she said well you know what i have a friend that's a counselor um but he's he's not really you know he's not a christian or anything and she said and my, my pastor is also a married he does really I and mean, he's helped a lot of married couples so would you like to try one of those and i was like well yeah because we cannot try an lds counselor that would not be good yeah. <laughs> And it has had a lot to do with religion. You know, so the pastor actually sounds kind of good to me. And so um, so I gave James the two options and I just pointed to the pastor. I'm like, I'm kind of um, leaning towards that one. But I didn't tell him <laughs> that he was a pastor. <laughs> So we agreed. Oh. <laughs> and so, yeah, so then we um, make the appointment and we get to the pastor's house. And, you know, it's funny. You have, like, so many stereotypes when you're um, Mormon. You think that the pastor's just taking all this money and, you know, from their congregations. And they live yep. 
nice house. <laughs> we went to his house. It was so modest, clean and nice, but so modest. And he was so down to earth. And, mm. and so I got there first. So I started to share the story, how I, you know, was really searching for truth. And, but, but that I still believed in the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith, um, you know, through this little group that we're with. And, and, um, and then James came. I'll let him, he tells that part kind of funny. <laughs> okay. So yes, James. <laughs> so when do you discover you're going to the house of a Christian pastor for counseling? <laughs> It's funny. I remember, uh, you know, I'm an attorney. I always got to do my research. So I got his name and I, I Google him. I'm trying to find out, you know, his, his history and his reviews. <laughs> I just can't find any sign of him at all on the internet. So, uh, but yeah, I could go to his house and uh, it's probably an hour and a half into the counseling session before I realized he was a Christian pastor. But I've been schnookered, <laughs> you know, and I remember going on a hike with our friends uh, and I asked the husband, I said, well, what about, what about this? You, you're talking about all this grace. So you say you can just receive Jesus and then you go do whatever you want. That doesn't make sense to me either, you know? And, and so there was that, that understanding of coming to know, you know, that it doesn't mean the works aren't important. They're just not what save us, right? It's, it's we have the grace and it's the free gift. And, and then it's God's grace and our appreciation for that. that just naturally allows the works to flow yeah. with, with your grace flow. I, I love that ourselves. word because that's you exactly know? the way it happens, right? Once the Holy Spirit sets up residence, then he brings this stuff <laughs> and it's just for you, right? He works through you just to do certain things and it's yes. personal and it's real and it makes you cry and it's amazing so so you're getting input then both from this yeah. christian pastor that you're going to for counseling and you're also staying connected with this other christian couple yeah, on the other hand I'm, I'm still very much in this cult group or this okay. uh, splinter off group you know so i, I was <laughs> okay. just getting more mad i was really upset you know, he, uh, he, you know, he's coming to Christ and he's happier in his own life, but our marriage is actually getting worse and stuff because I'm still believing in this group. In the meantime, some very close dear um, friends to us um, turned me in to, um, to their bishop, state president, and then oh, no. uh, you know, he's coming to my bishop. And our daughter was going to a private Mormon school. And the, the lady that had turned us on to Denver Snuffer was the director. And, and so then they started to go on a witch hunt and they were going after her and her husband and stuff because they had this school so they had influence over you know all these you know children and and so um so i thought okay well i'm not going to go through the excommunication i'm just gonna i'm just gonna resign and so i resigned but i remember that being like one of the happiest days even though james he oh this was this was just a little bit before he had become christian he was so upset about it but then now i've seen him become christian and i'm so mad so at that point i'm like i'm not going to counseling anymore with that pastor and i just kind of put it in god's hand i'm like god you're you need to be my counselor <laughs> and but it was amazing like i mean it still took a year and a half for me to come around and become christian but god continued to put people in our lives he um as he's going to this church and I went to, I go, I went with him one time. This was kind of a crazy story that happened. So I go to him to this, you know, charismatic Christian church and they're, they're just singing their hearts out with their hands in the air. Some people down on their knees, just mm. worshiping so freely. I'm like, this is so weird. And in my mind, I'm thinking, God, is this you? Is this a you? I don't, you know, this just doesn't feel right. And, and I hear in my mind, it was so clear. Um, wow. Like, you don't know me. And I was like, I'm like, what? And so then I'm thinking, is it Satan? You know, I'm like really freaked out. And, so, and a little bit later into this service, I'm just observing these people who love God and Jesus so much. They don't care what anybody else thinks of them as they're, they're worshiping. And then I hear later, I'm like, 
these people really love me. And I, that voice was so like loving and so like just gentle that I knew it wasn't Satan, but yeah. I didn't know what to do with that. So James continues to go there, but then I'm, um, but it's taking me a lot longer, but Rinsley and I, so these splinter off groups, we're, you know, they're meeting together, but they're doing what I've seen a lot of number Mormon people lead, that lead the church, what they're doing, they're venting. They're, they're very angry. So they're always sharing all the anti stuff. They're um, just feeling very um, jaded. And, and so these groups are not feeling very positive okay. anymore. And we're not feeling lifted anymore. So and I start like on this journey to start visiting different churches. It's just for fun. And so, but I would not go to his church anymore. <laughs> and so, but, but then, um, but then God brought us to this messianic Jewish um, congregation. And I met this lady. It's really amazing. She's a minister for 30 years. She's been to um, Israel, like for many, many, many times. And, and um, when to ask, she taught, like she was a substitute teacher one day and she taught so powerfully on the Bible that Rinsley and I followed her to a car <laughs> and she felt like, who are these two crazies? And we in the, in the parking lot for two hours and her husband had died five years before and she found herself kind of in a tax mess. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm an accountant. Because I well, our question to her was like, we really want to study the Bible. Can you teach us? Can we do a Bible study? And she's like, well, I'm just in a mess, a tax mess. And I just don't really have the time. And I'm like, well, I'm an accountant. We'll help yeah. you. So we go to her house. She would answer my questions. And she had an amazing library of all these books. One day I found, because we were, my daughter was helping her organize. And I found oh, the wow. cults in there. I'm like, they're flipping through hard on Mormonism. And I'm like, what? And I'm so upset about that. And I asked her, um, why, why do they call Mormons cult? And she's like, well, because you guys believe you can become gods. <laughs> and I'm like, well, we can. And I was ready to argue with her about it. And I went home and I started to write her like an email, like I was going to find all my sources and all my scriptures that I could prove it. As I was writing it, I felt such a strong impression from God. No, it's not true. Don't write it. So I put it down and I was like, wow. So as that started, as that we started, just the layers started to peel away and he started to show truth, but I still was still hanging on. It took so long for me, but, um, but yeah, about a year and a half in one day. Um, well, even Rinsley started to even realize that it wasn't true faster than I, I don't know if she's <laughs> younger mind. Um, so let me, I want to jump back point, to that. So you know, where, where do you kind of make that crossover? Um, where do you go from? Yeah. Wow, I recognize I am a sinner in need of God. All this stuff I've been trying to do isn't going to work. And then, I mean, because the Apostle Paul talks about going from being in Adam to being in Christ. And that happens differently for people. So what is your experience yes. with that crossover where you go, oh, I, I take the grace? You know, for me, it was, you know, I just continued to dive into the word. And um, I remember um, the pastor um, okay. yep. was talking about the bridge. He was talking about the bridge. And uh, I never knew what that, that meant, but he wanted me to ask. And so at some point I did, <laughs> so what's the bridge? He said, come by the office this weekend and you know, we'll talk about it. And uh, so I remember going to his office one, one Friday afternoon and we spent three mm -hmm. hours and he went through this illustration called the bridge, which is just a very simple layout. We'll include that in the show notes because I'm sure uh, there's places where there's like the diagram. So just essentially is, you know, the, the bare bones gospel that I am a sinner, um, mm -hmm. separated from God, but, but he has a plan for me. And that plan is, is, is Jesus Christ and, and faith in Jesus Christ is the key. And so, so we go through this and I, I remember going home that weekend and Jolene and the kids were out of town. So it was just me and, and I just had the Bible in front of me. Usually during this time, I would be, be watching movies and getting all my, my action movies in while Joel was out of town, but it was just the Bible. I just wanted to read the Bible and, and uh, just seeing confirmation of everything that he was telling me. And, uh, and so it was a couple of days after that, that I just knew it was just time just to, to make the decision. And for me, it was important to go and actually 
uh, make an event of it and, and, and make that decision. Right. You know, I wanted to have a very clear demarcation for me. And so I, I drove up to one of my favorite uh, spots up in the mountains of Arizona and just out down by a creek and, and I offered a sinner's prayer. And I, I just, I just, um, you know, I, I just remember feeling so uh, on one hand sad, you know, when I just came to that realization that I had, um, I had rejected this yeah. free gift, you know, mm -hmm. that God had given me, you know, and, uh, and I turned my back on that thinking that it was about me. And, uh, and so I just, just pled for forgiveness for that. And, and I just said, Jesus, I'm just ready. I, I give my life to you. So, so, so do what you will with it and, and, and forgive me, you know, for, for denying that gift and, 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 and just the, um, you know, just the overwhelming sense. I, I just knew as I walked away from that creek that, that I was a new creature. Wow. And, and, and from that point forward, I just knew that I, I no longer identify myself as a Mormon. I don't identify myself as I'm a member of, of this church. I certainly have my preference in which church I go to, but, but I identify myself with mm -hmm. Jesus and with Jesus alone because he is the way and the truth and the life. It's not about my religion or which church I go to. It's about him. And I just had a very clear understanding of that. Yeah. Which is what the Holy experience. Spirit does when the Holy yeah. Spirit brings that conviction and brings repentance um, and brings faith and you accept that grace, then yeah, it's uh, it, it's undeniable. It's it's clear and it marks a true life transformation change. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. So then you leave the mountaintop and you go back to your wife who's still, who's still struggling. Now at this point, you go, um, Jolie yeah. needs this. I mean, is that is that what you're thinking? I mean, do you understand now? Because that's often what happens when one spouse comes to Christ, they go, oh my heart, this is what, you know, this is what she needs too, or this is what he needs too. And that's all we have time for for this week's episode. So for the conclusion of James and Jolene's story, and to find out exactly what does happen with Jolene, and how does grace invade her life and bring healing to her and ultimately to their marriage, you're going to have to join us next week for part three. Thanks so much for being with us. Grace and peace to you. So long. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.